This is episode 35 of One Page at a Time, Read with a Teen with Kai Gomo. In this episode, we talk with Kai about how he solved the problem of finding a way to serve his community during a pandemic by starting his own online reading mentoring program. He talks about how it started, how it's going, and his vision for its future. And for those of you in Dubai, be sure to listen all the way to the end of this episode for news about a book giveaway coming up. You won't find the info anywhere else, so you've got to listen to this. Hi, I'm Jill. And I'm Amanda. This is One Page at a Time, the podcast that empowers you to strengthen your family through reading. We talk about why you should read, how you can read, and what to read. So no matter where you're at with books, you'll keep rediscovering how important and fun it is to just read. We hope you'll join us on our reading journey one page at a time. Our guest today is one impressive teenager. Earlier this year, Kai Gomo was looking for ways to get involved in some community service, but as it has for so many of us, COVID threw a wrench in his plans. When faced with no in-person options, a lesser teen might have put off starting their plans or even given up entirely, but Kai was determined. Inspired by his kindergarten teacher, who brought in older students to read with her younger kids, Kai decided to start his own virtual reading program, Read with a Teen. We're so excited to chat with him about it. So welcome, Kai Gomo. Hi, thank you. Kai, I can't wait to hear about Read with a Teen. But before we jump into that, we're wondering if you could just share a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Kai Gomo. I'm 15 years old and I'm a sophomore at Dallas High School in Pennsylvania. But I'm the founder of Read with a Teen. On the side, I volunteer at Blue Chip Animal Sanctuary and I just help out with the cats, like to keep them all, like, I guess, fed and clean. I have an internship at the Back Mountain Chamber here in Dallas, Pennsylvania. And I'm also like a weekly contributor for WV. WVIA Education Storytime with WVIA. And like I submit a weekly story there every week. And this week it was like one called How to Catch Santa. So that was pretty cool. And I have a sister. I have three dogs. And I like to ski, run, read, of course, play guitar. And I also play video games. A year and a half ago, I moved to Pennsylvania from Amherst, New Hampshire, where I grew up my entire life. And it's been pretty weird because of the pandemic and everything. So I haven't really been able to explore the area yet, I guess. I oh and one more thing I take virtual reading um not virtual reading classes virtual regular classes throughout school where I can concentrate on things that I'm sort of interested in like law and debate because when I'm older I want to be a lawyer and that's about it like I said you are a very impressive teen well you you threw in your love of reading in there and you also talked a little bit about your love of reading kind of in our our lead-up conversations to this interview so we're curious about how your reading and and your reading habits especially kind of your more personal reading, not necessarily for school or internships and stuff. How do you fit that into your life? You just told us all of the things that you're doing and involved in. So how do you fit reading into that busy life? So I don't have like, obviously like a set schedule, like at 9pm, I start reading. So I try to find time whenever I can kind of just sit down and read with the well, not read with the team. That's that's the community service project. I almost said that but I sit down with a book whenever I can. So whether it be for an hour, one night or whether it be for like five hours in an afternoon where I have nothing to do, I pretty much just find time whenever I do cyber school, so I can get my schoolwork done pretty quickly, which leaves me with a lot of open time throughout my day. So yeah, I read as much as I can pretty much every day. And I'm not very picky on what I read. So I read a lot. That was I was going to ask you what kind of books you read. So a little bit of everything. Do you prefer audiobooks, ebooks, physical books, or do you kind of do a mix? 
I definitely do a mix. Like I went through a phase where I did a lot of audiobooks, so I don't do that as much anymore because I almost burnt myself out. But I read mostly physical books now. You kind of just summed up both mine and Amanda's styles. Amanda's all about the audiobooks right now, and I still am team physical book. <laughs> yeah, my mom is like into ebooks because she has like a Kindle or whatever. But yeah. That's what I do. That is wonderful. And I know my sister has two kids who are about the same age as you. And I was talking to one of my nephews and he was telling me the same thing that with his virtual school, he is finding that he actually has a lot more free time and has been reading more as well. And so I know none of us wanted what has happened this school year, but I think it's good to kind of find those little silver linings and say, you know, I didn't want to do school at home, but hey, this is a little bit of a bright side. Yeah, that's true. So I actually absolutely love that Read with a Teen was inspired by your kindergarten teacher. It just, that makes me so happy. But I'm curious about how did that idea go from you remembering this good experience you had as a five-year-old to the successful project that it is today? It all pretty much started with like a meeting I had with my guidance counselor at school. And we were talking about like my plans for the future. She was like explaining the importance of community service and all that stuff for my high school transcript for, you know, when I apply to college. So I kind of just set out to go and get some because I had like almost none. It was pretty much a bad time, like a really bad time because we had <laughs> meeting in early, like very early I think yeah last year well no the beginning of this year I'm not very good with time anymore because like You're everything's good. almost the same it is it's just the same day it's Groundhog's Day yeah but yeah at the beginning of the year we had the meeting and I set out to go and get community service and with the pandemic and everything just hitting like big it just got big and quarantine pretty much just happening. It was close to impossible to find a physical volunteering opportunity. So I had to go out and find another way. And then while kind of brainstorming of how to find another way, I just remembered my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Alexikos, and how fun it was when she brought in older peers that used to be her students to read with us. And it kind of like just sparked my idea of read with the teen. And at the time, it was only an idea. So I kind of had to figure out a way of how to get it started. So I worked together with my mom to make a Facebook page page because I had no clue how to use Facebook at all. And the Facebook page gave me a platform to reach people not only locally, but around the entire country. And it went super well from the start. I had 12 readers from four different states, and I met them all through my parents' connections around the world and local Facebook groups like the Back Mountain Mamas and other ones like where I used to live, the Amherst Moms pages that my mom helped me get into. And then my grandpa on my mom's side was also in the Air Force. So um, as a kid, my mom moved around a lot, which gave me a lot of connections through that that I could use to find more people. After I had reading sessions with people, I asked them to like like my page, share it, and tell other people about Read With a Teen if they liked it. And that helped me get a lot of publicity that I needed. That is so wonderful. So I'm going to ask really quick, Amanda, you are the one who first heard about Kai. You had a niece and a nephew who read with Kai. Do you know how they got connected with him? I actually don't. I'll have to ask them. But yeah, my niece and nephew are in South Dakota. And and I know that you were trying to read with kids from all 50 U.S. states, and they ended up being your South Dakota link. So that was pretty fun. 
just out of curiosity, where are you at with the 50 states? It's going pretty well. I have 36 states so far, so I'm almost there. But yeah, um, it's awesome that meeting, I don't know, I just think it's really awesome being able to meet people from all over the country and even all around the world because I've read with two families in two different countries, France and Germany, and that was super, super cool. Ah, well, maybe we'll get you Dubai here. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, what states are you missing? Oh, so the states I'm missing, I have a list right here. It is Arkansas, Hawaii, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, North Dakota, Ohio, Utah, Vermont, and Wyoming. So 14 of them. I know people in like half of those states. Oh, that would be awesome. We'll chat. We'll chat. Let's carry on, but we'll definitely chat. All right. So I love how that project got started and that you used your connections. I feel like something that that's what we're learning this year is reaching out to people and, and asking for that help. And so you were able to get it off the ground. And so can you tell us a little bit about Read with the Teen? I already talked a little bit about how you connect with the different readers, but do you choose the books you read? Do they choose the book? Do they follow along as you read? Kind of how does it work? Okay. So Read with the Teens basically a virtual community service project that I made where I, I offer free 15-minute reading sessions to emerging and young readers. And it also kind of gives parents like a 15-minute break from their kids during the day, which I, I'm pretty sure is nice for everyone. Overall, I've done like 240 reading sessions and read 60 hours of reading hours with people which is awesome. With the books and everything, I use I have like a big stack of books that I keep next to me when we um when we kind of start the sessions and depending who it is, if it's like the first session with someone, I'll kind of figure out what they like to read through there like I'll just pull up a bunch of books and be like do you like this type of book? How does a peep the cat sound? Do you like fox and socks? And have you ever heard this one? And just kind of stuff like that. And if we've read together a lot, I'll kind of have a general idea of what they're interested in. I'll make sure to have those books ready. So like one um, one little girl that I read with was super into Scooby-Doo. So I had and I have like this really big Scooby-Doo book that has like a bunch of different stories. So we went through like that entire book throughout the summer and that was really cool. They can either read to me or we can do a story time depending on like their age, how interest, how comfortable they are with reading with me and just like how comfortable they are reading in general. If it's like a really young reader, like if they're in, I don't know, if they're like in kindergarten or like even like lower than that, if they're in preschool, I'll definitely read to them unless they want to read to me because anytime that they want to read to me, that's all right too. But if they're older, like I think the oldest person I did was um, middle school and they definitely read to me. So usually they can either follow along, like I'll keep the book up on the screen so they can read with me and look at all the pictures. And if they're reading to me, then they can either show me the pictures or not. If there's no pictures, that works too because I don't really mind but you know how like like a I don't know a first grade teacher would read a book to their class and like hold it up and like read to the side almost that's kind mm-hmm. of how I do it that is a good skill to learn it's a difficult one I uh, can attest to that and I love it sounds like you are getting pretty good at kind of tailoring the sessions to the kid when you're talking about the girl who loves Scooby-Doo I took piano lessons when I was younger and I was not the most enthusiastic piano student but my teacher realized that I loved the Christmas song Carol of the Bells So she found me, no joke, no less than like seven versions of Carol of the Bells. And for months straight, she just let me play these different versions of Carol of the Bells. And it was the most enthusiastic I was ever in my piano playing career. And this wonderful teacher, bless her heart, she found that little key. And I love that you found that little key to that girl, this Scooby-Doo love, and use that to kind of fan the flames of her reading. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Everyone has something that they like. So you just kind of got to find it. It's so true. So Kai, 
do you do your reading sessions on Skype or Zoom or how do you how do you handle it? So I originally offered reading sessions through Zoom, Facebook video and FaceTime pr- primarily, but like over the time, like over the, um, you know, the experience that I've had with it, I've had like a couple of Skype people, but since, since it's usually not what people like to use, I guess, because Zoom is much more, um, much more used for school and stuff. I guess that one is the most common that we use. It's mostly Zoom. The second most used is Facebook video because most of the parents of, of the kids that I read with, I meet through Facebook. So it's just easier that way. And then FaceTime is with some people, like it's not the most popular, but the least popular is definitely Skype. I feel like most people are really familiar with Zoom now because as you mentioned, yeah. schooling and, and whatnot. Zoom's very easy. Yeah. So what kinds of ages you mentioned that you read with a middle schooler, but what other ages have you read with? What's the youngest kid that you've read with maybe? The youngest kid I read with was like really, really young. I, th- I think they were only like a few months old, so they didn't really understand what we were reading, but they were doing it with like, I think their older brother or sister. So it kind of, the engagement definitely wasn't there for the younger one, but it was still fun. And I'll read with anyone for like older wise, anyone to the point where I guess where it would be weird, like if they're if they're like my age, I definitely might not do it. But if they're like middle school, that's still okay too. Have you found any favorites that you enjoy reading a lot? Yeah, my favorite one is Fox and Socks because I like all the rhymes and like how you can read it super fast. But yeah, that's my favorite one. That's so fun. Do you have it memorized? Not really. Some of the parts, if I have the book there, I can kind of read it without looking at it. But I don't have it like memorized to heart yet, but I might be getting close. (laughs) That's fun. You mentioned that you have a stack of books there. Did you have the stack before you started this? Are they books that you read as a kid or have you been collecting them as you go? Yeah, a lot of them are books that I've read as a kid. Like the one, the newer ones like Pete the Cat and I don't know, the Pigeon books. I didn't read those when I was little, so we had to go and get those. But yeah, a lot of the books are ones that I read when I was little. So it's almost like a feeling of nostalgia when I'm reading them. You mentioned siblings earlier. Are any of your siblings younger? No, I only have one little sister and she's in seventh grade now. So do you read to her ever? No, I th- I might have when I was younger, but I don't really read with her that much. Like only if it's like something for school, like that she needs help with, then I'll read with her. But mostly not. I don't know. She's not very interested in me reading to her. She'll read on her own, but... I think she thinks it's weird if I'm reading to her. Oh, I can understand that. (laughs) So do you have any sessions? You mentioned the girl with the Scooby-Doo book. Do you have any other sessions or experiences that you've had with Read with a Teen so far that have really made an impact on you or stand out? Yeah, there are a lot. Like there's a lot of different like, you know, stories that that I found. Like one of them was with this one little boy where I forgot his age. He was, I think he was in like second or third grade. We started the program. He joined on like week two or week three. So very early early and he started the program not liking reading or at least that's what his mom said like he definitely did not like reading and he was he wasn't very comfortable reading to me so I just picked up stories and we read together like I I read to him his mom was there to make him comfortable and all that stuff as like a couple weeks went by I got another email from his mom and then she was talking about how much the boy now liked reading and like all that stuff and I was like what that's so cool and then he kept getting more and more comfortable and then he started reading to me and when I would offer to read a book he'd be like no 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 no. let me read let me read and I was like okay okay but it was really cool like seeing him grow as a reader and like by the end of the by the end of the summer he was like really good and it was it was pretty cool to see like I didn't expect him to be that good considering the fact that he didn't like reading at all at the beginning so it was cool to see how he grew as a reader and like like improved from not liking reading at all to being like 
super good and wanting to read all the time and all that stuff. And I think part of that might have been just like, I don't know, reading with someone else that wasn't like his mom and just doing it for fun. That's one of the stories. Um, another one would probably be I read with a daycare and there was like 30 like little little kids there all at once. So it was really cool reading. And like after I read every book, because we read like four Pete the Cats, they would all like give me like a round of applause and stuff. So it just made me think of like when I was that young and people would read to me and like all of us would give them a round of applause and all that stuff. So that was really cool as well. Oh, those, those are great stories. I like both of them a lot. <laughs> Thank you. I know you said you want to be a lawyer, Kai, but I feel like you're getting some teacher skills with this and not just the skills, but also like seeing, because sometimes we just wonder how do teachers do it? Their jobs are so hard, but I've heard from so many friends and my kids' teachers that it's the, the experiences like with the boy who, who you spent all summer reading with and all of a sudden you saw the progress and that those experiences make the teaching worth it. And so I love that you're getting that at such a young age. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I got that from like two other people where they were like, you should be a teacher and stuff. But I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it. But yeah. You still have plenty of time to figure it out. Yeah. It's good that you're getting the experiences. So when it comes time to figure it out, you'll have some background to make the decision, right? Yeah, that's true. I get to learn about, I don't know, some of the stuff that teachers do, but I definitely have more respect for them because it's hard with younger kids. Like I was talking to my mom about it, like mad respect for teachers that teach like really young kids and like read to them and stuff because keeping attention is hard. Yes. And patience. We go to a lot of story times pre-COVID. We went to a lot of story times at the library and I always just am so impressed with our librarian for how she just stays so calm and asks them to sit down and they listen to her. <laughs> and it's just very impressive. Yeah. Well, we were talking about Read with a Teen and you you were telling us that you made some goals for yourself. And one of them was the 50 states that we talked about. And you're so close with that one. And then you you also mentioned that you've achieved two of the, the other goals, two of those three goals that you set for yourself. And so I was just kind of curious if you'd thought about the future of Read with a Teen, kind of where you want to go with it or what you're going to do with it. So yeah, my first two goals for Read with a Teen were like to get 40 hours of community service because I was like, I need to set like a goal for my community service. And then also just to kind of share the love of reading with other people, especially younger readers, because I don't know, I've, I've heard from a lot of my high school friends that they don't like reading and that they never liked reading. So I was like, huh, I should try and fix that. With the re keeping with um, the future of Read with a Teen, um, I definitely plan on continuing the program throughout next year. And I even want to expand it um, next summer when everyone's like available again because I've gotten like a few inquiries about people that want to maybe join the program or um make something like it on their own like I gave this um this girl in Texas some advice on how to how to kind of make a program like this last um last I don't know last summer I think like throughout the summer sometime but and next summer I plan on like doing it with my sister like adding her to the program where she can read with some people if she's comfortable with it because I think she's going to be 13 next year. So that's that's going to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you've thought through and you have plans for it because I think that it is a wonderful service and a wonderful program that can really make an impact on people. And what you said about your friends and, and they're not really interested in reading and, and your reaction is, I want to fix that. That's exactly why Amanda and I started this podcast is we, we see people who who don't use reading in their lives as much as they could. And we just love it so much. And we want people to know what the options are and how they can incorporate it into their lives, no matter what 
their circumstances are. We see you doing similar work. We found a kindred spirit. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. I don't know. Reading's good. Like a lot of people don't like it, but I mean, whether you be listening to it or reading a physical book or even like in, I don't know, a book online, it's still reading and like you get to learn from it. And why not? I guess like some people don't have time and I, I guess like I get it. It makes sense. But you can always find time in your life to, I don't know, fit some reading into it somewhere. We agree. Well, we are about ready to wrap it up, but I did want to ask, this isn't one that I, uh, a question I I sent you with, so we're going to spring it on you, but you read so many books that we know that you probably have some favorites for good read aloud books. So we are wondering if you could give us a few book recommendations for some of your favorite read aloud books. So like books that I would read to like some of like my friends to read with the teen? Yes. Okay, so the most popular ones, because, well, one of them is popular because I like it. It's Fox and Socks. That one's super popular because, like, I always offer to read that. The Book with No Pictures, super popular because people, I don't know, it's just funny. Um, There's all the Pete the Cat books. They're all fun to read. The Pigeon books, like Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus and all those ones, they're fun as well. The Elephant and Piggy books are cool. And then if you're going for, like, longer ones, you can read um, Mercy Watson. That one's always interesting. And this other book, the the Poem Collections by Shel Silverstein, it seems like it wouldn't be a good read-aloud book, but it's actually really good because you can just flip around randomly and pick different like short poems and all of them are funny so those are really engaging as well but those are definitely the the collection I love that and I love Shel Silverstein I read all of his books growing up but I had never thought about reading them out loud and now I'm definitely going to try with my kids. Yeah, they're cool. All right, Amanda, before we finish up, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, Just that you mentioned earlier that you read a lot. We could guess that you read a lot since you started this. <laughs> but do you have something that you're reading right now? And then also with that, do you have favorite books that you'd recommend for you or for people your age? Yeah, definitely. My favorite type of books are ones that like they make you think and you have to really think about what the author is talking about and what they mean by the words they say because they could be saying something but they mean something completely different. So that makes like my favorite books through that are To Kill a Mockingbird is my number one. And then surprisingly, I started liking Shakespeare books because of my English teacher because we went and analyzed a couple of them. And I also like the Odyssey. As like as I was growing up I grew up reading like a lot of like Percy Jackson and I read Harry Potter with my mom so I like those types of books too I don't know I like a lot of books in general but I would definitely recommend those ones um but right now I just start like just started reading um Devil in the Grove by Gilbert King I don't know if you know that book but it's about Thurgood Marshall who was like um a lawyer a long time ago and he did some pretty cool stuff but I'm only like maybe like a chapter or two in so I don't know that much yet. And then the next book I'm going to read, a family friend sent it to me and it's called Catch a Fire. And it's um it's a biography about Bob Marley and it's by Timothy White. So that one's cool too, maybe, but I'm going to have to read it. Fabulous, fabulous recommendations. I know that I now have some reading to do. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of interviews, I'm not going to lie. We ask everybody what they're reading or what their favorite books are. Well, Kai, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your project with us. And we love it. And I know that anybody listening is going to love it. So um, could you tell us where people can find you and connect with you in the program? Okay, sweet. Just Yeah, thank you so much for having me. But um, I guess you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can look up Reba the Teen or like my name, Kai Goma. Both of them will pop up and yeah you can just kind of find me through there and if you want to schedule a session or something just 
Piane. Excellent. All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week and enjoy those reading sessions. You too. Thank you. Hi, Gomo. Where to even start? I know. He has set such a good example to me. <laughs> I know. Right from the very beginning. So one of the first things I thought about when we were communicating back and forth with Kai about doing this interview was just how impressive he is. I forget sometimes how capable and kind teenagers can be, but talking <laughs> to Kai kind of soothes some of the fears I have. I'm I'm terrified of my kids becoming teenagers, to be honest. I, I just have these visions of them turning into these aloof and unreachable creatures creatures that I assume all teenagers are, or at least, you know, but it seems like that's unfair because Kai has more than proved to me that that is not true for all teenagers. Aloof and unreachable creatures. I'm laughing a little bit right now, but I I think it's really important for us, especially you and I having young kids that we actually interact with people who are of all different ages. You know, we talk with adults a lot about reading and Kai, I think, gives us a great new perspective being a teen. So the, the first teenager we've really talked to about reading. And so I think that was a really good kind of branch for us to go out on because it was a very different and unique and good perspective. You're so right. And if you have any teens that you think we should talk to who love reading or have an interesting perspective on reading, we would love, love, love to talk to them. So send us all your recommendations. But teens are so very capable. And if they are motivated, tune into our next episode for all about that. They can be really creative and resourceful. I mean, just like all of us, no matter what. (laughs) what our age is. But I love that Kai has ended up spending his COVID time focused on such an important thing as reading and inspiring younger kids to read. There are so many other things that he could have been doing with his time. And he could have just given up and said, you know, well, I I really want to do service or, you know, I I need to get these hours in, but oh, well, hashtag 2020. (laughs) But he didn't. He kept with it. He didn't. And I love what he's doing for a lot of different reasons. But one reason I love it is because it can give parents someone else on their team when they're dealing with a child who's struggling or a child that they love and they want the best for. Everybody can use more people on their parenting team. Amen. (laughs) I just finished two weeks of virtual school with my two oldest kids and it did not go well. My preschooler did okay because she's in preschool. So there's really not that much work. And at the end of the day, does it really matter how well she traced the letter P? She's got time to figure this out. But my second grader really, really struggled. And my husband and I had such a hard time finding ways to help him. In the end, what helped us the most was reaching out to other people and using their help and support. We did one-on-one video chats with his teacher and he got encouragement from his older cousins and I got lots of tips and tricks from my mom and my sisters, a lot of them who are former teachers and current teachers. So we realized that our son responds much better in certain situations to people who are not us, um, me and my husband. And we were really, really lucky that we had people we could turn to for that. So I think this is the kind of void that Kai is filling for a lot of families. And because I think a lot of kids respond differently or 
most kids respond differently to people who are not their parents. And sometimes we need that. And sometimes our kids need that. I can say as somebody who went through it the past couple of weeks, that it's a huge burden lifted when I see somebody else caring about my kid and caring about how he's doing and encouraging him and, and caring about him. It's true. And I mean, the more influences, positive influences you have with something that you find important, be it reading, be it athletics, music, whatever it is, the better you you don't really lose <laughs> with that. There's that saying about villages raising kids. And I just remarked to our kids swim teacher the other day that it can be hard to find a good village, especially during a pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for this support network. And I think we can also look to Kai as an example of a way to go beyond the box to find the support that we need or create it for other people. Parents of kids who've worked with Kai have a little break in their day that their kids are doing something wholesome that will leave a lasting impression on them, probably just like Kai's kindergarten experience. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to remember this as a highlight in the middle of what is, you know, arguably a a pretty dreary (laughs) (laughs) time for most of our kids. And I hope that we're able to find answers to our problems in ways that are equally good as this with other problems as well. I mean, everyone is benefiting from read with a teen. I don't see any any problems with this. <laughs> I don't either. And there, there are more opportunities for things like this, I think, than we realize something, sometimes. My sister, Kristen, we interviewed her last year for our podcast, and she worked with the organization Big Brother Big Sisters for years and years and years. She did a lot of different, she was in a lot of different roles with them. And she went back to teaching this year, so she's not with them anymore, but she's still a huge supporter of them. And she still has her own little sister that she works with. And one thing she was involved with was a program that matched high school students with younger kids. It was kind of like an after-school program. They did it, I think, at the elementary school. So the high schoolers weren't, you know, alone with them and responsible for them completely. But they still, these these younger kids got to have these older teenage mentors. Um, Kristen recruited our little sister, who was in high school at the time, to be one of the bigs for that program. And it was probably the first time that I really saw what an impact a teenager can have on a younger kid. I'd never really thought about it since I myself was a teenager and doing different community service things. But now I can see it in my own kids. Our son has been looking up to his older cousins and older boys at church and now friends and and kids at school since he was a little toddler. He has always looked up to them. And so if you find an older child who connects with your kid, it can make a huge impact on them, which in turn makes a huge impact on Definitely. And I really like that you mentioned cousins. Cousins reading to each other is is big in our family. Uh, All things relative speaking. I mean, we don't have cousins living close by or anything. But when we interviewed my parents, uh, how many episodes was that? Two? Two ago? (laughs) <laughs> Not that long ago, but it's like it was a long time ago. I mentioned in that in that uh, interview that we have Zoom calls that the cousins read to each other. And that's how my daughter really got started in the Mo Willems world and how the age gap also is lessened between a 13-year-old and a 2-year-old via an internet call. I don't know of any other way, really, that you can, you can really involve, I don't know. I'm sure that there are ways. I'm just not thinking of them right now. But we as as parents and adults can see the light in a child's eyes when they're at a story reading or we are reading to them or them to us. And it's even better for a preteen or teen to be able to experience that same thing, bonding with younger children through books. It's going to impact 
both of them a lot and it can impact us as well. And for young kids to be able to spend time with older kids, different time in a different place, man, I'd love to meet Kai, see him in action with a whole group of kids, give him a big giant hug. I don't know, maybe he's not a hugger, but you know, I'd, I'd love to see him in action. At least a high five, right? At least a high five, or I guess, I don't know, maybe that's not even good. I know, that's true. Elbow, elbow, elbow bump. <laughs> We'll see how the world surfaces from this. But uh, for now, Kai is creating new options for us to look to for how to strengthen relationships between teens and kids and also build a love of reading no matter what your age is or what stage of a pandemic you're in. It's, I don't know. It's just so wonderful. So if you can't tell, we were super impressed with Kai. <laughs> we were so we, impressed we with him. <laughs> And we are also just so inspired by what he's doing and what he wants to continue doing with his life. And I foresee great things for him as he goes on. And the way he came about starting Read with a Teen wasn't at all what he thought what he would be doing with this point in his life. But I think that it has given him an amazing chance to connect with and help even more people than I think he maybe could have without being limited by COVID. So high five, Kai, elbow bump, Kai, whatever, whatever way you want your accolades, we are giving them to you. And we also want to be there for anyone who might be in need of some help or support bringing books and reading into your kids' lives. So if you know of anyone who might be inspired by or helped by Kai and read with a teen, please share this episode with them. Tell them about it, email it to them, text it to them. We appreciate you all tuning in so much, and we will talk to you again soon. And for all of you in Dubai, here it is. One Page at a Time is gearing up for another giveaway. World Read Aloud Day is fast approaching on February 3rd. Our last giveaway was focused on the U.S., so this time we are going to be doing a giveaway in my city of Dubai. For those in the U.S., we love you. We see you over there wanting books. Your time will come again. We promise. The winners here in Dubai, though, will get to choose two books from a selection we have here ready to go. How to enter? Well, I'm glad you asked. We really want to reach new parents, teachers, librarians, and caregivers about our podcasts and our website. This is mutually beneficial for you and for us as a larger audience means more resources become available to us and therefore you. More giveaways, more content production, more everything good from one page at a time. And you can help us do that. And we know you can be more creative than us. <laughs> so friends, we aren't even going to tell you how to do it. You can come up with it yourself. We will be watching each effort you document and send to us, and you're pitted against each other to see who comes up with the best ways to spread the word about one page at a time. This may look like you sharing the podcast with your book club and screenshotting the number of people who viewed your post. It could be snapping a picture with your socially distanced meetup. It could be leaving a review on iTunes, which is actually really helpful for helping people to find us. It could be tagging us in social media, sharing one of our posts, downloading all of our episodes, sharing a link to your favorite episode on your social media page, enlisting all of your family members on a WhatsApp group or via email, subscribing to our website, subscribing to the podcast, create a pin on Pinterest, tweet about us, write a song and post it on YouTube. You could comment or like one of our blog posts or engage with us on social media, tag us in a picture reading with your family, erect a billboard with our logo on it, and we will give you bonus entries for something that big. Go wild. Play it slow and steady, whatever you want. 
We aren't prematurely limiting the number of winners pretty much to whomever puts forth the most valiant efforts at helping us spread the word. We would love to return the favor with some books. We may even be convinced to give gift cards to Bookworm or Kinokuniya. Just remember, document it somehow for us. Email it to one dot page.podcast at gmail.com with one spelled out o-n-e dot page dot podcast at gmail.com or send it via our facebook or instagram messages we will see you if you tag us in something but it doesn't hurt to remind us we won't be making a big deal about this on social media so this is just for you our loyal listener to the very end of the episode we'll stop the clock at midnight dubai time on february 4th We really appreciate all of your support, and we really, really look forward to finding all the fun ways that you can spread the news about one page at a time and how reading can help strengthen your family.